When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the greatest experiences of my life. I had been a fan of Louise and her work in Hay House for decades. And she published, Hay House published my first book. So I got an opportunity to be with her, meet her, and then interview her for one of our Tapping World Summits. And I had done some tapping with her. Um, We've done some Skype tapping together. And uh, I said, Louise, you are known as the queen of affirmations. Like, Mm. You say positive things to yourself in the mirror. You do this mirror work. I love you. I accept you. All these things. What are you doing, doing this negative statements? Like, I don't get it. Right. And she said something that I think about almost every day. And this just speaks to her clarity, her wisdom. She looked at me and she said, honey, if you want to clean a house, you have to see the dirt. Mm. It's like, Oh, there's nothing else that needs to be said. Yeah. Right? You want to, and I didn't even prep her with this question, just to be clear. So it wasn't like she came up with a good answer because I told her. It was just, we were just sat down spitballing. If you want to clean a house, you have to see the dirt. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head for thousands of years. This ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My7Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we help you calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and align with your life's purpose. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some amazing topics, including tapping, the power of affirmations, how to reduce stress in minutes, and why you might be just one step away from transforming your entire life. So make sure that you listen till the very end. And if you'd like to explore more of these topics in your car or if you're at home, then make sure that you hit the subscribe button right now because it does something to the algorithm. I don't know what it does, but it does it so that people who would not usually see our podcast will come across it. Again, before you proceed... Uh, With this exciting episode, make sure that you hit subscribe, especially if you're on your iPhone. With that being said, let's bring on our special guest for today, Nick Ortner. Nick is the CEO of The Tapping Solution, LLC, a company with a mission to bring into the mainstream a simple, effective, and natural healing method known as Emotional Freedom Techniques, EFT, or tapping. Tapping is a healing modality that combines ancient Chinese acupressure and modern psychology. Nick has also written many best-selling books, including The Tapping Solution and most recently, Manifesting Your Greatest Self. Nick's goal is to empower people to create healthy, abundant and stress-free lives through this, through his books, films, CDs, online events and speaking engagements attended by participants from all 
over the world. And this episode is so important and very timely because as we speak, we collectively are going through a global pandemic. People are wearing masks. The economy is experiencing many changes and people are going through many emotions and anxiety and stress, maybe some depression as well. And this episode will introduce you to a revolutionary method, a technique to reduce stress just through tapping and the power of using the right words. So Nick, welcome to our show. Are you ready to inspire? Oh, AJ, thank you so much for having me. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm super excited to really start with your story and also the work that you've done and the people that you've met and the people whose lives you've changed. But first, maybe we could start with some inspiration. What is that one inspirational quote that you have on your mind right now? And how do you apply it in your day to day life? Yeah, great question. Thank you. When you when you prepped me with this question, you know, I was thinking about it. I said, well, I got to I got to come up with something good, right? And <laughs> something unique, something creative. And I have some that I like, but then I went back to it and I said, you know what? I this everyone says this quote and it's not unique and it's not creative. Uh, it's attributed to Gandhi, but um I've read some things that maybe he didn't say it first and it's just be the change you wish to see in the world. We've all heard it, right? But I think mm -hmm. it's more important today than ever. You know, what we're dealing with right now, this global pandemic is obviously very stressful. And why is it stressful? Because stress has two components. No matter what we look at in our lives, when we're stressed, there's two main components. We have uncertainty and lack of control. So any place in our lives, relationships, finances, our body, where we have uncertainty and lack of control, that's going to produce stress in our body. It makes sense if we think about it. Uncertainty. I don't know what's next. I don't know what's coming. I don't know, you know, what is coming my way. Lack of control. I don't know what to do about it, right? Mm -hmm. So if we feel bad about our weight in our body and we don't know what to do about it, that can be stressful. If we feel bad about it and we say, oh, but you know what? I have a plan now. I've got mm -hmm. the next exercise regimen or, or I've found the right diet for me. Now the stress goes down mm -hmm. because we're in control. When we think about a global pandemic, have we ever faced this much uncertainty in our lives? Right? No. We have no idea. We have no idea what's next. Like right. we all thought this was going to be over months ago. We're going to have a nice summer and then settle <laughs> by the fall. Not happening. Have we ever faced this much lack of control where we go? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do to make this situation better. Right. The, I don't even, there's even controversy about masks or no masks and mm. This or that and the other. So even the places where potentially we could find some control, okay, if I do my part, then I could find control. There's so much debate and discussion about it that we don't know, right? That is why that brought me back to be the change you wish to see in the world. It's a little opportunity to go, okay, what can I control in my life? I can't control the global pandemic. I can't control the debate about masks. I can't control the politics. I can control how I feel in this moment. I can control how I respond to something on Facebook. I can bring more love to the situation. I can bring more peace to the situation. I can raise my vibration, my internal experience in order to affect others. So be the change. It's simple. We all know it, but I think it's more important than ever. Wow, I love this quote. Be the change that you wish to see in the world. It's very apt right now because like you've mentioned, there's so much change happening. The economy is shifting. Uh, for the Americans, there's a, an election coming up and there's so much debate about masks, no mask, this and that. And I can see people on Facebook, people who were friends for so many years yeah. are literally fighting 
arguing and stuff like that. And it's such a time when you cannot control a lot of stuff that's happening around you. Be the change that you'd like to see in the world because you, my friend, can make a difference. Thanks 100%. a lot for sharing that, Nick. 100%. I think it's a beautiful... And it takes each of us to respond differently on Facebook, even mm -hmm. if we disagree with what someone else is saying, to open up our minds, to be compassionate, to mm -hmm. be understanding of some other person's viewpoint, whether you think they're exactly. 100% wrong, um, we're just escalating the conversation so high. And right. the challenge with, you know, what's great about Facebook and social media is that we get to have this experience. Some people are watching us on Facebook now. We exactly. get to connect. That's incredible. Um, the downside is that the discourse is very different. It's much easier to type a response to someone than to say it face to face. If you and I were discussing That's politics right now, and we were like, you know, we could have a nice discussion and we could say, well, have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? Now, if we have the same discussion when it's typed out, mm. when there isn't the emotional connection, even of the seeing each other face to face or hearing each other's tone of voice, it yeah. escalates so quickly. And frankly, that's just getting out of control. That's very, very true. And the best friends of mine that I have are ones that I can have a debate or a discussion with, even though they don't agree with my viewpoint, yeah. we come out of that debate you know, more informed and with a broader, wider perspective. And that's beautiful. You can agree to disagree, but like you've suggested on Facebook, it becomes anonymous and you're not held accountable for what you're sharing and people can be rude. Um, I was hoping to start this interview from the very beginning. So Nick, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? <laughs> so I was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Really? Um, I, uh, my whole family's from there. I uh, still have a lot of family there right now who are, we're locked, we're, you know, we're somewhat locked down in the U.S. They're really locked down there. So they're, they're really suffering. Um, I moved to the United States when I was almost eight years old. So I turned eight a couple months after I moved here and spoke very broken English at the time from, you know, first and second grade, you know, English classes in Argentina. Uh, but I was young enough to pick it up really quickly and, not have an accent except for my wife who says I pronounce a couple words funny, you know, that so <laughs> it's, it's still there somewhere. Right. Um, yeah. So I grew up and then we moved to Brookfield, Connecticut, um, mm -hmm. where I now live in the town over in Newtown, Connecticut. So been in this area for, you know, now I'm 42. So 35, 34 years, some stints in, in New York, some stints in California, um, but yeah, most of my childhood, early, early childhood in Argentina and then schooling, you know, second grade onwards in Connecticut. Wonderful. So as a child, what did young Nick want to become when he grew up? That's such a good question. Um, I heard a lot things like you'd be a good lawyer. So okay. that's probably me arguing with my mom about things and having, you know, reasoned debates and discussions, which is coming back to bite me with my five-year-old daughter, where I see that same, <laughs> that same trait happening, where okay. uh, I was like, that's a pretty good argument you're putting together for, mm. you know, I said no to something, but you just made a good argument. And uh, so always, you know, into that side of things uh, in terms of language and discourse, um, never dreamed I would teach tapping. I didn't know what tapping was then. Sure. Uh, never dreamed of writing books. So I read a lot of books. So I was always intellectually very curious growing up. And um, yeah, so probably in the, in the lawyer world, um, language has always been important to me. And I've always done 
well with language, which serves me now in the work I do to have, you know, that deep understanding of the power of language. That's so interesting. And as you've sort of alluded to, parents play a huge role, right? Yeah. In especially during our formative years, first seven years, first eight years, in how our brain is forming, how our outlook uh, yeah. is shaping up. So what influence did uh, your parents play, especially in the earlier years for you? Well, you know, what's people, so I work with my brother and sister in the yeah. business and my mom and dad now work in the business as well. My dad's been working for a long time. My mom's been working in the foundation the last couple of years. So it's a family business and my parents are really proud and nice. of the work we've done. And people often ask them, you know, what did you do to raise these three great kids and who are doing good work in the world? And yeah. um, if I look at what they did, I mean, they were hardworking parents and my mom was a school psychologist and it was a tough job and she was going to work every day. My dad was um, an, an aeronautical engineer, then working with airplane parts and sales and then did his own entrepreneurial thing. So definitely got the entrepreneurial streak from my dad. He was into that stuff and they were into personal development, um, which, right. you know, I can remember a, a lot of your younger listeners won't remember the Nightingale Conant. Um, mm -hmm. They still exist, but these tape yeah. sets. So I can see so clearly they're, you know, they're about this big and you open it up and there's eight or 10 tapes. They're all like in the plastic binder things. Yeah. And uh, my dad would order those all the time. I'm anything from sales to persuasion to personal development. And I would listen as well. Um, mm -hmm. Also Tony Robbins, you know, uh, yeah. my mom bought his personal power tape set, you know, watching TV. She's always been a good TV shopper and she ordered it. And yeah. I remember it so clearly sitting on the shelves and I started listening in high school to it. So I started feeding my brain with that info story we can get to later is that, you know, I've become friends with Tony since then. I was actually at his house a couple of weeks ago mm. and we text, which is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me alongside with Wayne and Louise, like that I know we're going to talk about, but there was definitely that influence of personal development being around the house. And I think it, you know, that speaks to what we can do as parents that mm. they never pushed me in one direction. They never said, listen to this tape set. They never said, you've got to do this or do that. If I made choices, if I wanted to quit the soccer team because I didn't like the coach and I wasn't happy, they supported, they just supported me along the way mm. with my decisions and then had this other information around um, that served me. So mm. I think that was a big part of that influence. Just those, those Nightingale Conant tape sets, the Tony Robbins tape sets that started getting my brain working right. in that way. That's so interesting because I had this question before jumping into the interview because you do so many things, right? You're jumping on interviews, you've written so many books, live in-person events, uh, workshops, and you're doing a bunch of things. You're, you're teaching people, but you're also teaching people how to use the mind, so psychology. And then there's the entrepreneurial side of things yeah. as well, because you run this very successful app, which we're going to get into later on. And so now I know that the entrepreneurship side comes from your dad, the psychology, the teaching from your mom. Yeah. And most importantly, they didn't tell you what to do. They didn't yes. say become a lawyer, become a doctor. They sort of acted as a conduit for you to be evolve into the adult that you became and the leader that you are right now. So. Thanks I love that. You know, I don't know if I've ever <laughs> taken the time to think through that. The, my mom, the psychology side, my dad, the entrepreneur <laughs> side, but you nailed it. You're, you're diagnosing my childhood and, and it's all making sense now. Thank you. 
Beautiful. So take us back to the time when you were a real estate agent in Bethel, Connecticut. What yeah. was happening in your life at that point? Take us back to that moment. Yeah. So I actually wasn't an agent. I was buying, fixing up and selling properties. So more, okay. yeah, more on the entrepreneurial side. Um, okay. was doing it with my dad and brother. You know, you fall into things. So again, my dad being an entrepreneur, he had bought his first house on the side, you know, and to fix up and did well on it. And then we said, oh, this is something that we might be able to do. It seems profitable. And then, and you set your own hours and you can drive things. So, you know, we go to seminars and we'd learn things and we'd go back and we'd implement it. So the three of us started uh, working together in there. And we did that for a couple of years. You know, it's to put some dates on it. Um, it's around 2007 when mm. I've been doing this for a couple of years and it wasn't fulfilling. I mean, it was, you know, I always had a sense of doing something bigger in the world or at least being positive and helping people. And it was, it's a really tough job. So if you want to be a really good real estate investor, you can't be that compassionate about the people that you have to evict mm. from the house that haven't paid rent in six months, because if you're that compassionate, your business falls apart because you're not paying the rent. Right. Yeah. So really difficult decisions to make. And I mean, you know, uh, I'm not saying that evicting was right or not right, but mm. I just didn't enjoy the process of having to make a decision that says, okay, I either have to tell these people to leave their house because they yeah. haven't paid and then I cannot pay the mortgage that I owe. So then I'm going to have to leave my house if, yeah. <laughs> you know, if I don't make these decisions. It just, it's not fun. It's not a fun experience. So around 2007, we've been doing it for a couple of years, fairly successful, up and downs, some projects were also really difficult and, um, you know, just hard to get focused as to what I needed to do to build a, a bigger business and a better business. Um, and I just had this inspiration. I've been doing tapping for a couple of years. Um, yep. I actually first saw it in 2003. Tony Robbins did a demonstration on stage at a seminar that I was at. Um, really quick. He had been into it for a while. He handed out these little sheets. He said, here are the tapping points. It's good for stress relief. We all had an experience and that just planted the seed in my mind. So 2003 to 2007, I spend those years just using tapping, just trying it with friends and family. Um, the running joke at the time was, don't say anything is wrong around Nick because he's going to make you tap on it. It was just like, <laughs> I was just so excited about the technique, about the results that people are getting. And again, just reading books on the side is my own personal um, enjoyment of it and to add to my life. 2007, right around the time that The Secret had come out and been this huge hit, right? So within the personal development community, the idea of movies, of documentaries, of DVDs was really front and center. And uh, my naive brain said, well, I'll just make a documentary about EFT, which is works so well and it's yep. so effective and so clear cut and it'll be like The Secret. It'll sell millions worldwide and we'll be on Oprah and, uh, and, and the rest is history. So yeah, didn't quite work out that way, but it's worked out pretty well. You know, otherwise, uh, the winter of 2007, I am out in Arizona. I'm actually at the tree of life center doing a cleanse. I'm doing a seven day green juice fast and fasts are becoming a big deal now. So this yeah. is 2007, like finally the science is catching up to how powerful it is again to credit Tony Robbins, and I mean to keep name dropping him, but it was his life mastery program in 2002 where I did my first fast and it was like, 
oh my gosh, I feel incredible. Like my brain is turning back on, um, you know, my skin looks better, my energy is better. So 2007, I'm doing this fast and about day four or five, if you fasted before, you know, the first couple of days can be rough. And then when yep. you break through a certain plateau, all of a sudden it's like, you feel better than you ever have before, frankly. And I'm walking, you know, through the desert in Arizona and I just mm -hmm. get this inspiration to yeah. make a documentary about tapping. Now, you know, no filmmaking experience, um, still running the real estate business, not a lot of cash in the bank, just this energy, this inspiration to, yeah. to make this. And I remember being on the phone, calling some of my friends, you know, um, Nick Polizzi, who now runs the sacred science, mm. uh, which is a huge brand, um, brought him on board to film the movie with me, my sister, Jessica. And it was really the three of us that set out to make this documentary film. Um, no credit cards. Like I said, well, credit cards and credit lines, we bought $40,000 worth of camera equipment. Mm. We, I could see it so clearly. I don't have an amazing memory. You know, some people have memories. They remember you yeah, know, yeah. everything. But I've got crystal clear memories of those points in my life, right? So I can see us in my little apartment in Bethel, Connecticut, as you mentioned, got all this equipment, we're opening it up and we're unpacking boxes and we're saying, you know, this looks like a light. I mean, hmm. is, this, is this a light? This is yeah. how little we knew. I think we go like this. And we looked up YouTube videos. God bless Nick Polizzi, who figured out how to film things. God bless my sister, Jessica, who knocked on door after door after door to get interviews. Uh, we didn't know anyone in the space, but we got interviews mm. with Jack Canfield and Bob Proctor and Joe Vitale and Cheryl Richardson and Joe mm. Mercola, like all these amazing experts who were using tapping in their lives. And we spent the next year making the film. Day after day, flying all over the country, the most, now you can film on a phone and get pretty good footage. Like this is, heavy cameras, big equipment, lugging it through the airport. Like it was a year of blood, sweat and tears. And, you know, right around a year later, we got the tapping solution film out in the world. That is such an amazing story. And I'm sure people listening to this are feeling it, feeling some goosebumps deep within, because it seems like 2003 was your, the moment where the seed was sort of mm. placed. You came across tapping and it took about four years for the incubation yeah. where you were in the middle of the desert. And what comes to my mind is the story of Jesus in the desert right? mm. where he's fasting, not eating anything, and he's getting temptations from all around, but also getting these downloads from the universe, from the Tao. Mm. And it seems like you had that download as well. And you got excited because of the prospects of being able to create a documentary on this beautiful topic and this practice that you've been doing for these many years. So my question is, what within you made you feel, gave you that confidence that this is going to work? Mm. Or was that mindset that you had that made you and you know bring your family members together, Nick Polizzi with all the cameras, $40,000, not a small amount. Yeah. So obviously there was a level of risk over there, but what made you sort of go beyond and say, this is going to work? Yeah, great question, thank you. Um, you know, I, I've always been a risk taker okay. naturally. I think I'm not afraid of failure okay. and um, that's a big deal. It doesn't come naturally to everyone. It comes fairly naturally to me. That doesn't okay. mean if it doesn't come naturally to you, you can't change that. You can't change that pattern, that belief and have that conscious awareness of like, okay, 
I'm not doing this because I'm scared of failing. So what can I do? Tapping is a tool to release whatever past traumas. Um, I, I have supreme confidence in being able to figure things out okay. to, um, as my friend Marie Forleo says, you mentioned her podcast earlier. She wrote a book called, you know, everything is figure outable, right? Mm. Like that we can figure it out. And, um, I think I've had that from the beginning to me, especially in this day and age, maybe 40 years ago, you say, mm -hmm. all right, I want to film a movie, but man, the costs are even higher and yeah. I don't know anybody and there's no internet order equipment and I got to go to a store and how do I reach people? There were a lot more barriers to entry to create something in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those really don't exist anymore, right? If you have a problem yeah. or a question or something that you don't know, Google can answer it for you. I'm sorry, I forgot to unplug my phone. I'm going to unplug it right now. Oh, no worries at all. <laughs> I still have a good old landline that I like to talk through. So, <laughs> um, and I forget to unplug it. Um, so, Google has the answers. Reddit has the answers. Whatever all the other places where you could post for someone saying, this is a place that I'm stuck. What would you do here? Or seeing someone else's journey of that experience. So I think I had the, the, the lack of the fear of failure. So the, the confidence that I could figure things out. And then the other th thing that I had that I continue to have, and it serves me every day is that I just put one foot in front of the other and just mm. see what's the next step. Like, okay. what am I going to do next? I've never been a five or 10 year planner. Um, yep. I can see a place where it could serve to have a business plan that says, okay, let me look to five or 10 years down the road. I'm not saying that's a bad idea to do something like that. And that's just never been me. And I think that's served me because what I see some people doing is they have a big goal or a dream. Mm. They want to write a book. They want to make a movie. Yeah. Um, and they look at the totality of everything that's going to need to happen for the totality of the project. And it's so overwhelming that they are just frozen in place. And they don't get anything done because it seems so big. To give you an example, right. I remember one of my first uh, speaking engagements. This was 2010. So okay. I put the movie out. I could, we could talk about the movie. I wasn't the expert in the movie. I didn't position myself as the guy who okay. knows tapping. I was the producer of the film. I'm in it in little bits and pieces. 2010, Carol Look invites me to speak. A, a tapping practitioner, a wonderful one at one of her events. And I talked about the process of making the movie. It was one of the things like I can speak to you specifically about what I did and mm. the different steps I took, some logistics, some vision and dream. And then I took questions. And, and it was funny because I even said, you just got to take the next step, right? You just mm. got to like do take the next step. So I thought I communicated it, but clearly someone didn't hear it too clearly or I didn't communicate it clearly enough. Because one of the first questions I get, this nice lady comes up and to the microphone and she says, um, I see you have a DVD there. Like you've got this physical thing that you produce. I know it's old school now, 10 years later, mm. not many DVDs and CDs left, but yeah. um, she says, I have a, want to make a CD of meditations or something like that. And I said, she's like, and she goes, how do you produce it? Like who makes the DVD? Mm. Who makes the CD? Who's the company that does it? And I said, oh, there's a couple options. I can point you in the right direction for that and the different steps. And I, I said, so you have all the audios ready to go. Like you're just, you're looking to create the CD. And she says, oh, no, no, they're not recorded yet. 
oh, okay, you haven't recorded them yet. Okay, so you, you've written them and now you're getting ready to record them? No, no, I haven't written them yet. I just have the idea. Oh. So, and it was like, it's amazing that you have the idea, right? There's the inspiration. But she has the idea and then she's asking me about producing the, the CDs. Right. Jumping way too far ahead, mentally, mm. psychologically, product planning wise, like, it's okay to think ahead, but then what happens is I could see how she was getting frozen yep. by the idea of making the actual CD. Oh, mm. I don't know what company does this. I don't know how it works. Instead, go write the meditations. Go record the meditations. Like, go do the thing. The next step will present itself. The next step you can figure out, but stay in that moment of like, what is the next step? Because otherwise, if you think too big, it's too overwhelming, and then you just get completely stuck. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Got it, got it. So this is a lot of wisdom over here, and it's electrifying right now. Uh, Action Tribe, I don't know if this is a message that you've been waiting for, but everything is figure-outable. Everything mm. is literally figure-outable. And the quote that came to my mind as you were sharing this beautiful story of that lady who came to ask you a question is, it's better to be prepared mm. and not have an opportunity than to have that opportunity and not be prepared. Hmm. Uh, and so it seemed like you were prepared when you had that opportunity to speak in public for the first time because you knew exactly the process that you went through and you were able to facilitate the same kind of results in others, but they had to be prepared too. Yeah. So, so, so great story for somebody who is waiting patiently to know about tapping, what exactly is it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And people are like, this whole thing is about tap dancing or like, <laughs> is, he on, is he on stage somewhere? What are we talking about exactly? Right. So tapping or EFT, uh, we call it tapping because we are physically tapping on these endpoints of meridians of our body. And what the latest research shows is that when we tap on these endpoints of meridians while focusing on the stress, the anxiety, the feelings of overwhelm, we send a calming signal to the amygdala in the brain. And a lot of your wise listeners will know that the amygdala is that fight, flight, or freeze response center. When we're stressed, that amygdala is firing. When we're worried about something, 
that amygdala is firing. It's a part of us that's old and ancient. It's important in trying to keep us safe. So when that amygdala fires because it senses danger, the blood flows away from our forebrain where we do all our great thinking into our arms and legs. So we are literally being chased, not literally, figuratively being chased by a tiger, but it's, it's like it's literally, it's like it's happening. Being chased by a tiger, we sense we're in danger. The effects of that, we don't think as clearly. When you're stressed out, you don't think as clearly. End of story. End of story. And when I ask people, hey, when do you have your best ideas? When are you really creative? They'll say things like taking a walk in the woods. Yeah. I was taking a shower. I was on a five-day, seven-day fast in the desert. I was yeah. taking a bath. My body was relaxed. I felt safe in my body. I had the ability to think of creative ideas, solutions, you know, approaches to life. So what tapping is doing is it's bringing that brain back online. We used to get chased by tigers and lions. Now we get chased by emails and texts and, uh, you know, social media. So when you're on Facebook and you're reading a post from one of your friends and it's you disagree completely with, they, with what they're saying, mm. your amygdala is firing. Your body is treating it as if you are being attacked. I mean, if you think if it's a political view and someone disagrees with you, we are taking this as an attack, as if a yeah. Democratic or Republican tiger is chasing us, whatever party you believe in, or a mask or no mask, or a pandemic is chasing us. We have all this incoming stuff that is chasing us and we're all running away from it. So okay. what the tapping is helping to do is to bring that brain back online. Okay. Perfect. So love of the process that you explained, which is your body can either use your resources, which is the blood towards running away yeah. or towards thinking logically and even healing and even healing. But absolutely. You, but you got to decide and you got to be cognizant of that. Now, let's imagine somebody is on Facebook and their friend who they've been friends for for 20 years posted something that is really political and against my view or their view. And they're like, I got to say something. I got to get my voice out. Yeah. How does tapping help in that case? Uh, maybe if you could explain that. Yeah. Maybe, you know, if they have, if they know about tapping, then totally. they start tapping. What's happening over there? <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. So in that moment... The fight or flight response is firing. You are, you feel angry. You feel attacked. You're taking it personally. Right. You know, the response when someone attacks us, the innate natural response is mm. to attack back, is to yeah. fight back, is to flee back, is to freeze. Um, what we want to do is try to turn off those biological responses so then we can move into our heart, into a place right. of peace. So if you have the wherewithal and you see the post, and this happens for an email. This happens for, yeah. you know, any sort of conversation where it's like, uh, you take five minutes and you go through the points, you know, and we, we're going to do a demonstration of it later. But just in just as an example, it would be even though I'm so angry about what they wrote, mm. I choose to relax now, even though I cannot believe that Johnny, who's been my friend for 30 years is such an idiot. Like, yeah. I can't believe he believes this. We're actually giving a voice and it's a safe place to give a voice to things. It's one of the things that I love about the process that we can be angry and just get it out in that moment. Sometimes mm. we need to just get it out. We need to say, he is such an idiot. I'm so angry. <laughs> and we want to just vocalize all these things that we're feeling inside. And then we tap through the points, all this anger. I can't believe it. 
I, I need to respond. I need to fight back. I can't believe what they're saying. Even just mm. 120 seconds of tapping, 60 seconds of tapping, you start calming the body. And now you're at a place where you can make better decisions. And that's the key about tapping that I'm not saying to you, oh, don't respond. I'm yep. not saying, oh, accept everything that anyone ever says to you. Oh, never be angry. Oh, never have any emotions. I'm saying bring some clarity into your life by bringing your brain back online. Now you look at that post and you have some choices. You say, you know, I, I do feel like I need to say something to Johnny. And, but I'm going to write it with kindness. First off, I'm going to have yeah. some awareness and say, Johnny, I totally appreciate where you're coming from. Whoa, totally different place right yeah. there. I'm about to disagree with you completely, but I appreciate where you're coming from. I hear you. I hear what you feel. I appreciate where you're coming from. We've been friends for a long time. And I know that deep down our friendship is more important than anything, but this is why I disagree. I believe that this idea of blah, blah, blah is first off. Now we're taking some identity politics out of it. We're talking about ideas. It's part of the challenge right now in politics that, you know, at least in America, it's left or right. Yeah. It's never made any sense to me how if you're on one party or the other, you have to agree with the 184 positions. Exactly. Full stop. Like it, there's no <laughs> logic to that, right? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, you know? Yeah. Um, so now we can start to, instead of talking about politics or this, we start talking about ideas or concepts. Oh, okay. So you're talking specifically about this concept. Here's how I feel about it. So that's one choice. The other choice is to go, you know what? I got to get off Facebook. I got to stop looking at these things. I got to go pick up a book. I got to go watch a podcast. I got to go listen to a podcast. I got to go get inspired. I need to exercise. I need to call the people I love. I need to do something positive with my life. It's not my job to fix Johnny's political views. So I'm going to make different choices now. So wherever we are in the world, whatever we're dealing with, tapping just helps give us that clarity Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as meditation. It's the same thing as breath work. These are all practices to balance our body and bring that clarity back. In your process, I know we're going to do a demonstration later on, but in your process that you did, I noticed that a lot of people jump to wanting to feel positive mm. and changing a situation. But in, 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 in your process with tapping, you're saying, even though I'm feeling X, Y, Z, yeah. You're acknowledging what you're feeling, and then you're doing the tapping. What's the significance behind it? You're not ignoring the current situation. You're actually acknowledging the emotions or the thoughts or the difficulty that the person might be going through. Absolutely. I think it's such a big part of the process. Uh, just to be clear, you know, this isn't my process. Um, okay. Tapping was developed in 1980 by Roger Callahan, uh, shifted to its current EFT form by Gary Craig. So it's over 40 years now of these incredible people all around the world. I'm a voice for it. Um, I'm a translator of it, just like every other expert is and our different approaches. Um, but I'm just really part of, you know, a community who brings us out in the world. So it's such an important question. It's a place where people get stuck a lot. And, mm. you know, a lot of people reject, well, not a lot of people, some people reject tapping right off the bat because of that yeah. component, right? Okay. They go, I watched The Secret. I'm trying to be positive. And you're saying these negative thoughts. Yeah. So I sat down, uh, I don't even know how long ago, eight years ago now, um, something like that, seven years ago with Louise Hay. Okay. And 
this video is available online or an interview we do together. If you type in Louise Hay, Nick Ortner, you'll, you'll see us sitting down. One of the greatest experiences of my life. I had been a fan of Louise and her work in Hay House for decades. And she published, Hay House published my first book. So I got an opportunity to be with her, meet her, and then interview her for one of our Tapping World Summits. And I had done some tapping with her. Um, we've done some Skype tapping together. And uh, I said, Louise, you are known as the queen of affirmations. Like mm. you say positive things to yourself in the mirror. You do this mirror work. I love you. I accept you. Yep. All these things. What are you doing, doing this negative statements? Like, I don't get it. All right. And she said something that I think about almost every day. And this just speaks to her clarity, her wisdom. She looked at me and she said, honey, if you want to clean a house, you have to see the dirt. And I was mm. like, oh, <laughs> there's nothing else that needs to be said. Yeah. Right? You want to, and I didn't even prep her with this question, just to be clear. So it wasn't like she came up with a good answer because I told her. It was just, we were just sat down spitballing. If you want to clean a house, you have to see the dirt. That's what we're doing with tapping. We're taking a moment to acknowledge I'm anxious, I'm angry, I'm overwhelmed. This is how I feel. And what we're doing, and I, you know, I really sense it almost like physically and other people do too, is that we are giving a voice to these feelings, right? Oh. So we're like, I'm so angry. Mm. I'm so anxious. I can't believe they said that. We're giving a voice. Then we're saying, and with those feelings, I love and accept myself. And with those feelings, I choose to let them go. So we're, we're beginning to move towards the positive. Mm -hmm. And then as we vocalize them, as we tap through them, eventually, when we get that sort of negative energy down enough, we start saying the positive. The opposite is going, okay, AJ just said something that really made me so angry, but mm -hmm. I am working on forgiveness and positive thinking and all those things. So I'm going to swallow it down, right? So, okay. so those are the two choices with that emotion. We either swallow it down, we repress it, we say, I'm trying to be positive. Okay, I saw The Secret, and I love The Secret, by the way, and my friends are in it, and it's just an amazing movie. Mm. Trying to be positive, swallow it down, and then we know what happens, and we've met those people. We've met yep. the people who are like, okay, I know they're trying to be really happy, but oh my gosh, bubbling underneath them is all this anger. All right. So we're giving a voice to it and then moving towards the positive. And we can feel the difference in our body. So if I'm angry about something or, you know, someone, someone offends you, something happens to you and you come to me and say, you know, we're friends and you say, Hey, Nick, like yeah, Johnny will make it's still Johnny again on Facebook. Who's making you angry. So, yeah. you know, Johnny said this to me and I'm just so angry. And I say to you, you know, you really need to learn to forgive. Mm. And you go, Okay, I, I understand that, but like, look what he said. Like, I'm angry. Like, I my body right now is trying to protect itself. Mm. It feels unsafe. Step one is not instant forgiveness. Like, when you're angry about something, step one's not instant forgiveness. Step one is let me acknowledge how I feel. Let me express it to myself, to a friend, through a process like tapping. Let me process this emotion in my body. Let me give a voice to it. And what's beautiful about tapping is that you can do this on your own without, as we said earlier with the Facebook post, without going back at Johnny and going, we're going to escalate this from, you know, one after the other, anger, 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 anger. We're mm. saying, let me process this emotion. Why am I triggered this way? Why do I feel this way? This is the truth of how I feel. 
let me release it from my body, this physical body that like holds on to these emotions that is trying to keep us safe. Mm. Then we gain that clarity. Then we open the door to forgiveness. Then we right. open the door to letting it go. So I know it's a long answer as to why we start yeah. with the negative, but I think it's so important to understand why that's such a big part of the process. That That is very well put, very profound, because I get these questions a lot of time from people in our community and listeners as well. You see these posts, right, on Instagram, forgive, mm. let go. Mm. And while it's easy to get inspired when it comes to our own selves, sometimes because the other person has hurt us so much or betrayed us or didn't act in accordance mm. with our agreement, we feel deeply betrayed and it's hard yeah. to forgive. It's very hard to forgive. Yeah. And like you've said, forgiveness is not the first step. The first step is to process what happened and the experience that you had to go through. And you can do that through tapping. Now, in your research, you also discovered that our bodies are electrical. So maybe mm. you can talk a bit about that. <laughs> yeah, so we, you know, our current societal paradigm is uh, really focused on the biological component okay. of yeah. our bodies, right? So something's wrong with you, what do you do? You either take a pill or a supplement or, you know, it's just like in your mouth, and this biological process digesting in our stomach, like that's what we tend to understand most. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is that our bodies are electrical. Now, most people know when you point it out to them that our brains are so electrical, right? It's just like yeah. firing neurons firing all the time. Like it's yeah. an electrical storm happening Good. in our brains now. And that happens with the rest of our body. We have these meridians in our body. So when we do this tapping, we're tapping on these endpoints of meridians of our body. We're actually sending an electrical signal with that percussive tapping, right? So that like okay. percussive tapping on the body through these specialized points mm. is sending that electrical signal. And that's what sort of helps to calm that amygdala, disrupt whatever's going on, the anxiety, the anger, the overwhelm, whatever our brain is focused on. And also with our bodies, there's a lot of people have physical responses to tapping where some people yawn a lot. So the body's relaxing and they're just like opening up to that oxygen. Uh, some people burp a lot. So it's just mm. like, oh, there's some digestive stuff going on. There's like things moving. So we're accessing this other part of the body. I think we'll see a lot more of that in the coming years. For example, there's a lot more research on biophoto modulation, like light coming in, like, hey, sunlight, we know creates vitamin D on our skin. So mm. It's like we are creating, we can create vitamin D, we can take a pill that's vitamin D, and we can also create it by mm. having sunlight touch our skin. We're going to learn more about that in the coming years, and I think it's going to become more acceptable to go, okay, it's not just about the things that I swallow, it's about the things that I think, and then these physical interventions in our body. Wonderful, wonderful. I mean, it's so fascinating that we are confirming what the ancients always knew, which is... The food that we eat is one thing, but also the way we interact and relate to nature, that's a whole different thing as well. And like you've alluded to, just being in the presence of sunshine can do wonders for our body mm. or even for that matter, grounding, right? Just going Grounding, I was about to say grounding. I've been a fan <laughs> of grounding for a long time. For people that don't know what it is, it's really simple. Putting your feet on the bare earth. And uh, it, it's what the research shows is that there are actually electrons that are coming up. I'm not an expert in it from you know, from the earth and mm. um, there's even grounding sheets. I've got a grounding pad and like, uh, yeah, so, so grounding. And that's the thing. That's another, 
I mean, for me, even when I believe in all this stuff, when you tell me, okay, when I put my feet on the ground, I know it feels nice. So that's always yeah. good, right? To go, hey, this feels nice. Just like the sun feels nice on your skin at yeah. the right length of time. People are so scared yeah. of the sun because of skin cancer. Yes, don't burn, right? Like that's obvious. When you burn, yeah. you don't feel good. And you're, when you're too hot, you don't feel good. The right length of time. Um, but grounding, putting our feet in the ground, and all of a sudden there's electrons that come from the earth into our body. I don't understand how it works. It makes no sense to me. Uh, but we are getting there in that understanding. Fascinating. I was explaining this to a friend of mine who happens to be a statistician. Mm. And I was like, you know, you got to try grounding. But he was trying to rationalize it. Wait, wait exactly what is happening? Yeah, I don't yeah, understand yeah. it. It doesn't make yeah. sense from a scientific perspective. Sure. Well, I think and the I, science, I don't understand it, but I think the science and research is there and they're showing there, right? you know, yeah. lessening of inflammation. And in the same way, you know, one of the things that's happened the last couple of years with tapping, which is really exciting, is that we're getting some harder research on it, like harder meaning like more concrete stuff. So, mm. you know, before it was the meridians and we're tapping and this, that and the other. Um, I just saw a study across my desk and it was actually a replication study where okay. they, you know, if people don't know, the replication study is going, okay, someone else did this research and had this outcome. Let me try to duplicate that research because it's actually a big problem in science where people can't duplicate the research. Yeah. So it's a big deal to go, we got this result twice in two separate studies. And what they did in the study is they had three groups. So one group did an hour of tapping in a group setting. Okay. The second group uh, did psychoeducation for an hour. So they learned about the body and stress and the mind. And the third group read magazines for an hour, just in mm. a waiting room. They got, they got the boring one. Or, or happy for them, who knows. So they did cortisol before and after. So you spit in a tube, in your saliva is cortisol. We all have different levels of cortisol throughout the day and depending on our stress levels. That's the main stress hormone mm. and really easy to measure through saliva. The tapping group saw a 43% reduction in cortisol in an hour, which is a massive drop, like absolutely massive. The psychoeducation group saw a 19% decrease in cortisol. And I, I love those two groups because what that leads me to think, what that shows me is, okay, that psychoeducation group, when they were learning about the body and stress, sort of like all of our viewers and listeners are doing now, mm. the body relaxed. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm learning about things. I'm consciously relaxing, consciously lowering stress. So that was 19% reduction, but you add the tapping component in and you almost double what that um, yeah. drop in cortisol is. Okay. And then the poor control group, the third group, reading magazines is in and out for an hour. Listen to this. Their cortisol went up 2%. Up. <laughs> so <laughs> an hour probably being bored. Yeah. Maybe an hour of reading things in magazines that stressed them out. They were reading mm. the news. Like, I don't know what they were reading exactly. Yeah. I joke when I talk about the study that I'd like to see that replicated with the control group being on Facebook for an hour to be yeah. like, Oh my what God. does that do to their cortisol? So it shows there's a physical response in our body from all these different activities. Interesting. Now, I always, uh, you know, discuss with my friends from a marketing standpoint, reading magazines sometimes can be good, especially the trashy magazines, because then they use headlines that make you literally yeah, raise yeah. your stress or pay attention, right? Catchy headlines. But like you've suggested, they're not really good when it comes to reducing stress. And it's so fascinating. And if we mix the, the studies with the practices, you're able to actually 
reduce stress. So love these type of studies because it helps me also people who are really fascinated by tapping to explain to them that it's not just a practice, but it's also science that's backing this up. So thanks so much for sharing this beautiful study. And I'm sure people can read more into it. Uh, and we'll share the link about how people can get your book as well. But could we walk through the tapping points for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go through the points. Let's have an experience together. Um, okay, sure. So a couple of steps to tapping. Um, step one is what do you want to tap on? All right. Mm -hmm. So you're angry about the Facebook post. You feel anxious about a global pandemic. You're overwhelmed by an upcoming deadline. If it's mm -hmm. safe to do so, go ahead and just take a moment to close your eyes. And just take a gentle breath in. And let's begin to focus on what we want to release. So anxiety, anger, tune into your body. If you have any physical pain in your body, tapping is very powerful at moving, shifting, eliminating physical pain. So you can tune in on that. You can also just sense the tension in your shoulders, in your neck. Just see how your body feels, what you're holding on to. And let's focus on one thing that you want to let go of. Anxiety, anger, pain, overwhelm. And as you tune into it, give it a number on a scale of zero to 10. So if you're anxious and just jumped in this after having a stressful meeting, your anxiety is at a 10 or a nine or an eight, just give it a number so we can gauge the shift of it. So we start by, we've got our target, we've got our number, and then we can do some tapping. I'm gonna use some very general language. Um, the language can be important, and as you work on different things, you can get really specific on, even though I'm anxious about a global pandemic, you can change it if you want, but also the general language will often serve you as well to have that experience and make that shift. And just to add, most of our people are gonna listen. So if you could- I will describe all the points. Yes, Perfect. thank you, AJ, appreciate that. <laughs> so we start by tapping on the side of the hand. It's called the karate chop point. It's below the pinky on the outside of the hand, that meaty part. You're taking four fingers of one hand, the other hand, whatever feels comfortable for you, and you're tapping on the outside of the hand. And then repeat after me, either in your mind or out loud. Even though I feel all this anxiety, I choose to relax and feel safe now. And we're going to stay on the side of the hand for two more statements. You can change it if you want or just tap along. You can also just get benefits, even if anxiety is not your issue, just by doing the tapping. So even though I'm holding on to the stress in my body, and it's so hard to relax, I choose to feel safe now. And one more time, still on the side of the hand, even though there's so much going on. And it can be really overwhelming. I love and accept myself now. Now we'll tap through the points. The first point is the eyebrow point. It's on the inside of the eyebrow where the hair ends and it meets the nose. 
You can take two fingers of one hand, the other hand, or both hands. The meridians run down both sides of the body, so whatever's comfortable, safe, and easy for you. And as you tap gently on that point, I want you to just begin to focus your attention on what you're stressed out about. What's the thing that you picked that you're just really overwhelmed about? Think that thought now. Now moving to the side of the eye, it's not at the temple, next to the eye, on the bone, again, one side or both sides, tapping gently. And if you can, if you're alone, you could say, I'm anxious about, and you just fill in the blank, or I'm angry about, or I'm stressed about, give it a voice. And if you can't give it a voice, think that in your mind. I'm so stressed about what's happening under the eye. Again, we're looking to actually fire that amygdala to focus on that negative thought in order to release its charge, in order to disengage it in the brain, in order to process it in the body and let it go. So do that now. Think that thought. Under the nose, right below the nose, two fingers above the lip, tapping gently, breathing gently. Feeling present, strong, and safe in your body. Thinking these thoughts, feeling that stress, beginning to let it go. Under the mouth, it's above the chin, below the lip, and that little crease there, again, the two fingers. What have you been so worried about? Where have you been holding this tension in your body? How fast have you been going? Sense all that now. Notice how your body begins to relax as you acknowledge just how fast you've been going, everything you've had coming at you, all the responsibilities, the pressure, the stress. Moving to the next point for the collarbone point, just feel for the two little bones of the collarbone. You can go right below it, tap with all 10 fingers of both hands. Acknowledging just how much pressure there's been on you to perform, to get things done. How much uncertainty, how much lack of control with this pandemic? Sensing these feelings of overwhelm, the stress that your body is carrying and beginning to let it go. Underneath the arm, three inches underneath the armpit, either side of the body, right on the bra line for women, you're tapping with the four fingers of Either hand, just one side is usually easiest. Tuning in to these thoughts, feelings, these places where you've been stuck. Last point, right at the top of the head on the crown. Tapping gently, breathing gently. Now we'll do one more round back to the eyebrow and repeat after me, either in your mind or out loud. It's safe to release the stress. It's safe to release the stress. Side of the eye. It's safe to let go. It's safe to let go. Under the eye. It's safe to relax. It's safe to relax. Under the nose, releasing all the stress from my body. Releasing all the stress from my body. Under the mouth, letting go. Letting go. Collarbone from every cell of my body. From every cell of my body. Under the arm, right now. Right now. 
top of the head right now. Right now, right now. And you can gently stop tapping and take a breath in and let it go. So now we tune back in. So we check in on that anxiety, anger, stress, and we see, okay, we were at a 10 before, and now it's a seven or a six or a five. And then we also notice what came up. So if it's still, if you went from a 10 to a seven, fabulous. You started to shift that anxiety in two super fast rounds of tapping. And then we continue mm. to do that process, letting go to a place where we go. You know, sometimes we get to a five and we go, okay, that's good. I got things to do. Mm. I was at a 10, now I'm at a five. Mm. I'm still a little anxious, but I feel a heck of a lot better and I need to get on with my day. Or we continue to do that process. And then we continue to explore. Oftentimes what happens is, we start thinking about one thing, we think that's the issue, and then we remember something else. We remember mm. something from our childhood. We remember something that someone said. We realize we're holding on in other places, and it really unlocks that subconscious mind to mm. bring forward the things that need to be healed. Very, very true. It's like a, when you take out or you process a certain emotion, there's like a vortex created, mm. and then other things that need healing come manifest in that space but i could feel it i could feel just within these two minutes that we did the tapping i could feel a release i could feel much more better and for those who are listening if you are at a 10 even if you went from a 10 to an 8 it's still a sig yeah. significant shift so it's a process right it's a process and that's you know the number the rating scale is great because it lets us you yeah. see the progress um you know, within our tapping solution app, one of the coolest things about it is that we have a rating scale for every meditation. And mm. we just crossed 3 million completed sessions on the app. So 3 million times someone opened it up and they said they were at a 10 and then they went to a five. So we actually have data points on 3 million sessions showing the decrease in anxiety and stress and pain in the body. Like we've got data points on all sorts of stuff showing this works. That's amazing. And in a short while, we're going to give an opportunity to our listeners to actually check out your beautiful app so that they can not only maybe go check out your book, but also complement that experience with the app that you and your family have designed for our listeners and people around the world. Uh, now, a while back, you did an interview where you spoke about the money story. So firstly, if you can tell us what is a money story and how did you change yours? Yeah. Well, the money story is, you know, the things that we learned from our parents oftentimes, or, you okay. know, or elders, our childhood experiences around money, those formative years, you know, if, if at the dinner table, there was an argument about there not being enough money mm. every night, that's part of your money story. Um, if you saw your parents, you know, making a lot of money and then losing it all, that's okay. part of your money story. So like, it's really the financial traumas. And we often don't think about trauma from, you know, the money and the financial perspective. We think about abuse and those kinds of situations, which obviously are very important and need to be healed and addressed. But it can also happen with our weight, our body story. We have all these stories from our past experiences. Mm -hmm. um, one of my money story elements, because we have all these different components of it, it was this boom or bust cycle. So I saw my father go through it uh, many times and somehow I started copying it, right? Where um, I would reach a certain level of success and then next thing I knew, okay, it's great. I feel like I'm top of the world and a year later, 
got a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt and you know the business is falling apart there's a lot of elements for what was happening there i think part of it some of the things that i personally tapped on to clear out that money story um i was successful in some entrepreneurial stuff when i was really young not like uber successful but making you know hundred thousand dollars a year one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year when i'm 23 or 24 when my friends were making 30 out of college right so mm. it, like a dramatic difference in levels of success which was fun and exciting and i could do things and i could pay for dinners and this that and the other and then i could see the gap widening between me and my friends i could see where the money was getting in the way of our relationships or how we relate to each other and our friendships because i hadn't i didn't feel fully confident and fully at ease with that level of finances. So sure enough, subconsciously, you know, I sabotage myself and a year later I'm in massive debt. Okay. Most of us can find those kinds of patterns in our lives. You'll have people who say, I make a lot of money, but I spend it all right. Mm -hmm. That like they just, or I carry a lot of debt around and I can't seem to, you know, overcome this level of debt. Obviously, there's a practical side of it. There's the decision-making side of it. There's not buying things and spending less and those things, but they're all yeah. controlled by our psychology. They're all controlled by our money story. So when we clear out those financial traumas, we get that clarity back. It's what I said you know, earlier about clarity. When we're angry about a Facebook post, we have no clarity. When we have these financial traumas, when we have this old story, we're just running on autopilot. We don't have clarity. And what we're doing with the tapping is we clear out those traumas as we're bringing that brain back online so we can make better decisions. Got it. So I think this is a very important topic and I'm sure all of our listeners have their own money story. And if we don't recognize the stories that are playing in our lives, they're like a broken tape record playing in the background and it keeps repeating itself again and again. So I appreciate you for bringing this into light so that we each can identify our own stories mm -hmm. and find our ways that we can tap through it yep. or process it. Absolutely. Um, tapping or breathing. We were talking earlier about that. Uh, you're doing a lot of breath work. The tapping and breath work combination is really fabulous. Um, we have a meditation in our app just called tap and breathe. So it's like yeah. super simple, you know, not thinking about anything specific, just bringing that electrical release with the tapping and then the power of breath work. Wonderful. Now, you spoke about your app, which is a beautiful complement to your books and your work and your in-person workshops. What made you want to launch an app and how's the response been so far? Well, this response has been fabulous. I mean, bigger than anything that we've ever done. The books were very successful. You know, two of our books were New York Times bestseller, my first book, The Tapping Solution. And then a year later, my sister wrote The Tapping Solution for Weight Loss and Body Confidence. That was also a New York Times bestseller. So really fabulous. Um, but what was difficult about the books is people would read it. They would get excited. We have tapping scripts in there so yeah. they could have an experience. But I heard time and again that the consistency wasn't there where it's like, I know this helps me and I feel better, but I'm not doing it as often as I'd like. And then people also struggled with the language part of it. What do I say? How do I say it? And especially when we're in the moment, if we're angry, if we're anxious, if we're afraid, if we're grieving, if we're in that moment where our brain isn't online, right? Where it's like, you know, our, like we talked about earlier, we're not thinking clearly. So it can be challenging in that moment to go, okay, I'm so angry. Let me figure out this wording and language for this stuff. 
it can be done. I did it for a long time. A lot of people did it for a long time. Mm. The app really solves that problem to the point where I listen to my own voice yeah. on the app and I find it really helpful. And I'm not someone, I will never watch this again, not because I haven't really enjoyed it, but yeah. because I don't need to see myself again, right? Yeah. I had the experience. I was there. I don't need it. Yeah. The, the app is so helpful for those specific moments that I'm using it personally. I'm tapping more than ever before because it's like, okay, I'm unfocused this morning. Let me use the motivate me to have a productive day to just eight minutes, clear out my mind and get going. Right now we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 meditations in there. So, so many topics, we're adding more all the time, but you know, getting focused for work, trouble sleeping, we have stuff for kids in there. Uh, for women's health, pregnancy, menopause, hot flashes, like the gamut of things, you know, emotions, sadness, grief, anger, overwhelm, burnout. Like we looked around and said, how do we provide as many solutions as possible? We just talk about the money story. Um, mm -hmm. I just released a go deeper series and the, the first day is on financial abundance. So mm -hmm. that 20 minute session specifically takes you through how to figure out your money story, how to figure out those traumas from the past and let them go. So I think it's the best thing we have done so far. It's where we're putting all our time and attention because it's the most practical way to help people where they are in that moment. Very true. And I completely agree. You know, the book helps with, uh, you know, acquainting yourself with these new practices and you do have the scripts, but with the app, it's just so much simpler. You just press a button and the voice helps also because you've been guided to the experience. The voice um, and we have music that is really nice and relaxing and you can change nice. your avatar in the background. There's all these little features that just make it, uh, you know, a better experience for people. Awesome. Now I saw a photo of you with uh, Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer. So I'm curious, how did you end up meeting him? What's the story like? Yeah. So Wayne, uh, you know, Wayne was an inspiration for my whole life. Um, if I look at, you know, in my 20s, the people that I listened to on my, you know, first it was tapes and then it was the big fat iPod, like the, the three inch thick one. Um, it was, you know, Tony Robbins, who I mentioned earlier, Louise Hay, who I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. and Wayne Dyer and his amazing books and speeches. His books are fabulous. His public talks, I think, are where he shines the most. Um, yeah and just holding a stage presence and telling his amazing stories. So uh, he was published by Hay House. And when I was published by them, started going to these events where I was a featured speaker. Well, he was the featured speaker. I was, you know, low down on the billing. Um, but I often spoke after him on Saturday morning. So we got to know each other before uh, going on stage and afterwards and at different dinners. And then Really where I got to spend a lot of time with Wayne is uh, went to Australia together for a two-week tour and had many dinners there. Um, he was actually in a lot of pain uh, with his neck during that time, so we oh. did a lot of tapping together. Um, I was uh, slated to speak after him in Melbourne, Australia, and his, his neck hurt so much that he had to come off stage. Mm. Um, never in history had of speaking and he ever come off stage. So I did a little tapping with him in the back and then I came on cause you know, he had an hour slot and I did group tapping for Wayne, you know, 3000, 5,000 people in the audience who were all quite emotional. They came to see Wayne and then he had to leave. And so we did this tapping together and he 
spoke about how that made his neck feel better. That's a whole other thing, just like mm. the, the quantum world of someone, you know, supporting and, uh, and helping other people. So we got to spend a lot of time then and uh, became good friends. And sadly, tragically, I mean, he, you know, Louise has passed away as well. She passed away at a, a good old age, um, you know, into her nineties. Wayne, I think was really too young and he left us too early. Um, but what can you do? I, I sense his presence all the time. He still influences my work. He's certainly not gone when I can pull him up on, um, my iPhone and listen to one of his lectures and, and feel his energy. So, uh, really one of my life's great honors to spend some time with him and, and be with him. Got it. Yeah. I mean, just as you said, he had a very marvelous stage presence, right? Um, he had a way of captivating the crowd and making them wanting to listen to his stories, anecdotes, and ways of thinking. Um, recently, not recently, I think about four years back, when I was on the campus of UBC, when I was mm -hmm. doing my MBA, I went to one of the libraries and I went to the section where they had the old books. Actually, they were giving away books because okay. it was not to rent. And I came across a Wayne Dyer set, but it was a cassette set. It was not yeah. like a book or anything like that. And I knew I don't have a cassette player. I probably won't ever, yeah. but I just got it just, just for the remembrance. And it was one of his old, older versions where he had a mustache. Yes. Uh, yeah. I love it. I, you know, that's fabulous. I'm so, that feels like such a, feels like just an item to keep, even if just you, an item. Totally. Totally. Exactly. No, that's fabulous. You might have to find a cassette player and, uh, and I listen, should actually. You know? Yeah, be, because some there'd be of the an order, energy there. There'd be there'd be a different <laughs> energy in that experience for sure. For sure. Hopefully, I'll try to find one nearby. Uh, and thanks a lot for sharing that story. Really, really amazing story. Your most recent book is called "Manifesting Your Greatest Self." Where, uh, so so, what are your thoughts on manifestation? Because over the years, especially with the law of attraction, sure. it's got a slightly. Uh, bad rep, yeah. uh, but what are your thoughts on it? And how can somebody use tapping to really speeden up the process of shifting their reality, so to speak? Yeah, no, it's tricky. And, you know, um, so I, I don't know if that word was the best one to use because of that, but I tried to combine it with your greatest self, right? That like, this isn't about manifesting a car or a house or, okay. you know, all these things. It's not just okay. about thinking that somebody's going to appear, though. Like, I've seen some amazing things happen when you do that. And yeah. there's certainly an element of that that is, you know, whatever the science is behind it, there's something there. Um, but what I care about is the point of the book is how do you, and by manifest is, you know, how do you create your mm. greatest self? How do you uh, live your best life? How do you clear out all the gunk from the past to show up in the world the way you want to, because that's the name of the game, right? The name of the game is not to have the most cars or the houses or this that, and the other. It's to be the best version of yourself. And within that best version, there's a lot of forgiveness. There's a lot of acceptance of imperfection. Mm. You know, so that's the other side. The book really goes, and that's why I did a 21 day process. Like manifesting your greatest self doesn't mean manifesting your perfect self. It doesn't mean, <sighs> manifesting, you know, perfection every day and you were unproductive and that wasn't your greatest self. It's mm. you were unproductive and you forgave yourself for being unproductive. You reacted in a way you didn't want to and you forgave yourself for reacting that way. And then you just kept course correcting. Life is an endless series of course corrections of going, yep. I made that choice and maybe I want to make a different one next time or maybe I want to make a different one in the next five minutes. But even with that awareness, I'm not going to beat myself up 
for making that choice. You know, the, the most basic phrase in EFT is, you know, even though blank, I love, accept, and forgive myself. Now, some people struggle with that, so I don't always lead with it. But underpinning all of this is the idea that whatever happens in my life, can I love, accept, and forgive myself within that context? That's the name of the game. That's the name of life. That's the name of, uh, you know, every five-minute experience we have. Whatever I did, whatever choice I made, whatever I experienced, can I love and accept myself through that process? I love that you brought this into the topic. One of the biggest issues that people have is the sense of regret mm. in their lives because of certain, quote-unquote, wrong decisions that they might have taken in their youth, with their education, with their jobs, with their spouses, or mm. with any decision. Yeah. And like you've alluded to, it's not about feeling that sense of regret, but forgiving your own self because life is a journey. Yeah. And there's something that you can do today for yourself. So... It's a regret, regret, shame, guilt. Um, those are, if you've ever read any of David Hawking's work, um, Letting Go, Healing and Recovery, Power versus Force, he talks about the different energies between emotions. So at the bottom of the scale in terms of energetic power is shame, guilt, wow. regret. The top of the scale is unconditional love. And, you know, we progress through those. So if you want to feel unconditional love, if you want to feel peace in your body, if you want to feel joy in your body, the first step is to go, okay, where do I feel shame? And to look at those places where those deep hidden dark corners. And as Louise said so beautifully, we start by finding the dirt. And it doesn't mean we get stuck there forever. It also doesn't mean, look, we're going to clean, you know, I'm, I'm here in this barn, which I built in my backyard, which is my home office. And I'm going to clean a corner and guess what? It's going to get dirty again, right? Yeah. So it doesn't mean, okay, look at guilt, shame, and regret, and you don't get to experience unconditional love until you clear out everything that you've ever done in the past and every guilty thought and every guilty feeling. We're cleaning the house, we're letting go, and then we are feeling those positive emotions, and then we're going to go back to having some dirt that we have to clean up. But right. this process of cleaning up the dirt, of decluttering, you know, you just tend to keep things cleaner, right? You yeah. tend to move up in that place where now you can wake up in the morning and feel those more positive emotions naturally. So there you go, Action Tribe. Life is a cycle. Your home, your house, your body will get dirty eventually. So it's not about doing something and forever being pristine, but it's about recognizing that all of us are imperfect and we need to detox and clean sometimes to get to those emotions that will really make us feel like a like a million dollars or ten million dollars or even more than that. Uh, so Nick, before closing, you've also written a book for children called My Magic Breath, right? Yeah. How was the experience like uh, like writing a book for children, and and also what yeah. made you write a book? <laughs> um, so I'd written a couple other books. Um, when my daughter June was born, she's five years old now. The just children's books came into my life. Um, my brother Alex had written. Um, our kids book on tapping. So we have a kids book okay. on tapping called Gorilla Thumps and Bear Hugs, which teaches all the different tapping points with animals. And uh, if you want to teach your kids tapping, that's a great resource. And nice. we've got tapping meditations for kids in the app. Um, my magic breath was just this idea I had to teach kids a simple breathing technique. So, you know, basic breath work, inhaling the good, exhaling the bad, blowing it off the page, making it interactive in that way. 
Um, so it's just a little idea. And with my sister-in-law, Allison, who um, was a second grade teacher and actually Michelle Polizzi, who's Nick Polizzi's wife, who we talked about earlier. She's an incredible illustrator. Mm. Uh, she illustrated the book. So it was just a couple of us getting together with this fun adventure. Um, I really enjoy the process. It is really hard to write children's yeah. books. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think I've, I probably felt the same way. I think most people think, oh, I have an idea for a children's book. It's just easy. Like, oh, how about this little story? It's hard mm. to write a great children's book. Right. Um, there's every page matters. Every yeah. word matters. So you'd think, well, it's only 200 words. How hard can that be? But I personally think, I mean, it's more work, obviously, to write, you know, full 75,000 word book and everything. That's more actual hours. Mm. Uh, but the decisions being made in a kid's book, uh, it's tricky to get right. So yeah. the great kids books out there that my daughter loves and um, go back to all the time, I have just so much respect for the skill and the creativity that went into making a great book. Wonderful. I do want to write a kid's book sometime in the future. And it was one time that I got an opportunity to conduct like an entrepreneurial marketing workshop for, I think they were third and fourth graders. I yeah. thought it was going to be easy. Yeah. But it was so hard. <laughs> got like the, the attention span is so limited and they're looking here and there and, and they're so smart these days Yeah. because of the access to social media and technology. But yeah, it's but that's an incredible challenge. Like how do you translate, yeah. you know, to that? And how do you get your wins? And well, when you go to write your kid's book, make sure to reach out so I can give you any tips or pointers that, um, that I can share. 100%. And also thanks a lot for sharing all that you have shared so far, the stories, the anecdotes, and for being so vulnerable in sharing your own challenges that you went through. Action Tribe, I hope you've enjoyed today's session so far. We are learning that our body is very, very, very intelligent. And just because we can't see the meridians, the energy channels, it doesn't mean that they don't exist. Modern science is catching up to what the ancients intuitively knew, which is that we have an intricate network of energy channels that facilitate health. And if they are blocked, for some reason, then the energy gets stuck and that stagnates, which leads to illness and, and, and further worse things. But by tapping on those energy points, using the power of our intention and chanting positive affirmations, we can restore health, balance and joy. Once again, we can change our life. But sometimes, like we're learning today in today's interview, we just need to step out of the way and let our inner healer do its job because just as carolyn mice once put the soul always knows what to do to heal itself the challenge is to silence the mind and with that being said we've come to the last round for today which is called the wisdom round so nick what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received in your life great question so um when we first put out the movie um, became friendly with Cheryl Richardson, who was an amazing author and speaker, New York Times bestselling author. And um, there were a lot of directions to go. She was in the movie. Um, there was a lot coming at us. There was different controversies in the EFT world about who was doing what and how it was being done. And she just always steadied me back to just like focus on your mission. Like, what are you looking to do? Whatever your mission and your perspective is, whatever your approach is, stick with that. So it was just so grounding, even more so now with the social media world and all the noise that's coming at us. It's like, just stay focused. What is it you're trying to do? If you come to that from a good place, if your heart's in the right place and you stay focused on that, uh, amazing things will happen. And they certainly have. 
And if you could spend one hour with someone who is living or dead, who would it be? Oh boy. Um, I feel like living is just like cheating because it's possible. So like, let's, mm. we should go dead and we should go big. Mm. And, yeah. um, and you know, I'm not a, an extremely religious person though. I'm a very spiritual person. And I think I'd have to go with Jesus. I mean, love, accept, and forgive myself as part of the tapping process is so fundamental. And I think that's fundamental to his teachings. Um, so I have to go with one of the great masters or the Buddha. It's also nice to just meditate and just find some bliss. And what is that one thing you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before going to sleep that really has improved the quality of your life? Well, so tapping is the cheating answer, you know, because so I'm going to skip tapping. I'm going to give a practical. I've already talked about tapping. I'm going to give practical yeah. advice. And I'm going to say, um, you know, before bed, wearing blue light blocking glasses. So I got these orange glasses that are available everywhere now. You can go to Amazon and type in blue light blocking glasses. You know, we're looking at our phones. We have all this light coming at us that isn't natural. And when I started wearing those, it instantly starts to relax you early um, in the night when you should be relaxing and helps you get great sleep. So, Great. And if you could recommend one book for all of our listeners today, what would that book be? There are so many. I saw that question. I was like, ah. ah." (laughs) Um, So I'm going to recommend a book that I'm rereading right now. And that's always good when I'm rereading something. And the book is called Essentialism. Um, I think the author's name, I have it on my Kindle. If you type in Essentialism. Yeah, yeah. Um, Essentialism, it's as the title implies, like how to focus on the things that are important, how to go in one direction. And certainly within... My business, I struggle with that because there's a million different directions to go on, million different things pulling at my time and opportunities. So it's like, how do we get really focused on the things that are going to move the needle? So, Got it. So Action Tribe, would you like to receive this book for free? Because Audible.com is offering all of our listeners one free book download along with a 30-day trial. So you can actually start listening to Essentialism right now for free. And in fact, in most of the cases, the authors themselves read out the book to you. So go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book, my7chakras.com forward slash free book to start listening to the book recommended by Nick, which is Essentialism. So Nick, thank you so much for joining us today, uh, coming on our show and gracing us with your presence. Before going, what is that one thing that you are grateful for and how do we get to know you and work with you and get to get your books as well online. Yeah, great. So, you know, I'm grateful for this opportunity as I think I've, you know, bashed social media a little bit today as we talked about all the anger and the energy there. But the reality is that um, it lets us communicate in this way. So as long as we're putting our attention in these positive mediums, whether you're watching on social media or listening on the podcast, like how incredible is it that we can have these podcasts information that is free, like on all different topics. So it's just such an exciting, if you're into self-help and personal development, it's an exciting time to be alive. Um, the challenge I would say is there's too much. So go with essentialism, like just say, I'm going to listen to every, my seven shocker show. Like I'm going to go deep <laughs> in one place. Cause I think that makes a difference to not be too distracted. Um, the tapping solution.com is our main website. I'm on Facebook slash and Ortner uh, on Instagram, Nick Ortner. 
And um, also, if you want to get the app, the tapping solution app.com forward slash my seven chakras and uh, go, go check it out from there. There you actually drive. We'll have all the links up in the show notes, but the tapping solution app.com forward slash my seven chakra seven is a word. Uh, so we'll have all the links in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed this episode so far, then make sure that you take a screenshot on your phone, wherever you're listening to this episode on and tag us on Instagram. My handle is at my seven chakras. Nick's handle is at Nick Ortner. Uh, so tag us so that we can share your story on Instagram and connect as well. And finally, if you'd like to join our Facebook group, where we're having all these discussions of breath work, yoga, healing work, emotional cleansing, go to my 7 forward slash tribe, my 7 forward slash tribe. Nick, thank you so much for coming on our show. It is a surreal moment for me. If somebody asked me like three years back, would you ever interview somebody like Nick Ortner, who's written such amazing books and is a New York Times bestselling author, I would be, I would, I would say you're, you're, you're kidding, right? But here we are. So I appreciate you taking your time out and connecting with me and all of our listeners and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you, AJ. You are a fabulous interviewer. Um, you hold such beautiful space for your guests, I can tell, and I've just really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at my 7 That is my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.